Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. nothing and welcome to our agents of shield podcast we are your commanding officers i'm mariah and i'm caroline and today we're going to be talking about season two episode nine ye who enter here spooky Woo-hoo. so mariah how was your week um i'm just kind of trying to keep myself busy i'm training on the more like creative aspects of my job so i got to sit in and participate in a sewing class this week Ooh, that's fun yeah, and I made a cute little pillowcase with cow print fabric and a pink trim. I love it. But it's, like, way too big for my pillow. Perfect. So I need to bring it back to work <laughs> and, like, hem it down. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. I'm also really tired. Yeah. It's past my bedtime. I'm it sorry. is 9 p.m., folks. That's who I've become. <laughs> I'm living with my mother. <laughs> she goes to bed at like six yeah so anyway how was your week caroline um my week for the most part has been consumed by me being sick i was pretty sick over the weekend but then i got really excited yesterday because i had a pre-sale code for the taylor swift eras tour this is gonna go down in infamy <laughs> For real. If anybody was following that on Twitter and such, it was it, it was a debacle. Okay. I I like to call it a Ticketmaster yeah. disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that queue for seven hours. Seven hours. Four of those hours were it just being paused. Um, and then it finally unpaused and took another like two hours until we got through and I had to go to work at that point so I left I left uh my laptop open and David was just watching it for me before I left I was like I went through (laughs) every I was like this is how much you're gonna spend and this this is the areas that you're aiming for but honestly just get anything for this amount of money whatever you can get (laughs) and then I made him like repeat everything back to me twice to make sure that he had it he did he was good (laughs) So then he's like, he's like texting me while I'm at work and he's like, um, it keeps giving me this error message that like, it can't be completed on this device. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so then I tried it on my phone. So I, I, I finally got in on my phone and then it was giving me the same message every time that I was trying to click on, on another ticket, it either like disappeared from before my eyes or it gave me that same error message this can't be completed on this device i was like what other device do you want me to use i used a computer and i used a phone like what what else can i use (laughs) an lg refrigerator (laughs) literally um so i kept trying and then i i told david to try again on the on the laptop and it kept doing the same thing he finally like found some tickets but they were like it was like two hundred dollars each i was like i can't these are nosebleeds that are like two hundred dollars. I was like, "There's no way," um, but I couldn't. He he. I told him to just do it, and then he was he tried to put the the payment through, and I already have my payment set up. I used I used the same account with the same card like literally a week ago to buy Paramore tickets, and for some reason it was asking for like the card information i was like that's already in there what do you mean and by the time i was able to to get him the card information the tickets were gone um and then so i tried again and then everything was empty it was gone so it was seven hours for nothing um and then my sister was trying to buy his tickets today and she couldn't get anything either it was ridiculous i've i've heard from a lot of people on tiktok that like that false sense of urgency that they created where like you people were like okay well it's way more than I wanted to spend but I'll get it anyway because this might be my last chance right exactly like I am not convinced that that was an actual crash like genuinely I don't think that it was nope I think that some some of it might have been because like people's codes weren't working and stuff um, so I feel like maybe some of it 
was, but for the queue to be paused for what, three hours for Nashville, like, that was ridiculous. There's no way that that was real. Yeah. I, I just, like, I have heard from a lot of people that are like, I spent, like, $500 on tickets and... I did not mean to spend that much, but I was just so relieved to be out of the queue finally. Yeah. And now I don't even feel good about having tickets. Right. Yeah, I know. And then, okay, so my sister was in the Capital One uh, pre-sale today, and it wouldn't allow her to buy three tickets together. But, like, there are people buying six, and <laughs> I don't understand why why you could buy six tickets all together but you can't buy three that's ridiculous y'all we have a lot of feelings about this and i could talk about it forever but i feel like um, we need to get i started. would really <laughs> like to know what joe biden's plan to address the <laughs> monopolies in this country yes. is that sounds like a joke but y'all we're serious about it no i'm i'm like it's... dead fucking serious aoc fucking tweeted about the taylor yeah. swift presale did you fucking did you I did. see that i saw that like that was amazing it's a real problem <laughs> this is price gouging this is a monopoly price gouging because yeah we have no other choice and this is happening in in every industry so like i feel like it ends up sounding absurd to to go to that point of like and monopolies over taylor swift tickets but at the same time it, this is happening all over and it's ridiculous it's stupid yeah like, it's not about the Taylor Swift tickets. It's, like, it's bigger than that. Because I'm hearing yeah. the same thing from so many different people. And I'm, like, this is not a coincidence. This is marketing right. 101. Like, they it's all created connected. a false sense of urgency. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we how long have we been recording and we've just been talking about Nine the Taylor minutes. Swift presale this whole time? <laughs> <sighs> okay, we need to get going so that I can go to bed. Yes, I'm so sorry. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this episode was written by Paul Zipachevsky and directed by Billy Gearhart. This was the penultimate episode for next week's mid-season finale, and my note was, ooh, I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> I feel like it's so funny that <laughs> the penultimate episode for the mid-season finale. So it's not it's not the finale. It's not the penultimate as the penultimate for the mid-season finale. I just thought that that was that's funny. <laughs> because okay, I know I that noticed, it's important. I it's noticed, an important distinction, but <laughs> it's it's funny talking about it now because like we don't really have hiatuses to worry yeah. about that much anymore. I mean, Stranger Things did a hiatus this last season. But yeah. It's not the same. And like <laughs> I noticed a, a particular scene in the sky fight scene where you could tell that it was shot specifically for a commercial break. <laughs> and I love when that happens. Yes. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking Perfect. about? Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> I didn't write it down, but I do know. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do we meet in this episode? Um, so, the only new person that we meet is the shorter Koenig brother. We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we open on a nightmare featuring Skye's fear of abandonment, her parentification of Coulson and May, and the current issue of the obelisk slash diviner. I just thought it was so funny that... I mean, it makes sense that you wouldn't have much to talk about there, uh, but you have so few words for what's, like, to me, such a juicy scene. <laughs> it was very juicy, but I also was watching this at, like, midnight last night. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, first, I was examining that flower dress she had on for easter eggs <laughs> but i think it's just to foreshadow her potential connection to reyna oh, okay which i guess technically is an easter egg yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is that's the definition of an easter egg <laughs> yeah second the music box in the dream is playing the chorus of the song bicycle built for two mm -hmm. 
Am I supposed to know the lyrics? <laughs> okay, well, if you don't, then cool. Isn't it Daisy? Oh, it's Daisy. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. <laughs> that's the that's the other spoiler that she knows guys if you didn't listen to the episode with tina we've been over this she knows that sky is daisy we just haven't gotten there yet i do i forgot but for a second but i do but that's very clever easter egging on their part that is taylor swift level So explaining Sky's nightmare at the beginning of the episode, executive producer Marissa Tancheron said she's having some gut feelings and they are manifesting in her dreams. Are the dreams foreshadowing something? Perhaps. Perhaps. And other executive producer, Jed Whedon, added, mainly they serve to show how afraid she is of all of this. In the audience's mind, there's a little bit of a sense of not obsession, but her interest in this lifelong journey of finding her parents. All of this is tied together emotionally. Interesting. Big juicy scene. Very complex. (laughs) And I gave it one sentence. So Coulson startles her awake for the next phase of their actual mission. Um, Mac is playing with a toy version of Lola, a gift for Coulson. So cute. One of my coworkers 3D printed me a miniature Lola. I'm so excited about it. I need to, like, paint it, but I'm very excited about it. Um, so, Fisk... Fitz, Fitz. <laughs> Fitz asks about uh, the toy Lola, if it can fly and such, but Mac gets distracted by hor- horse... Horse? Horse! Horse! Oh my god, it's the That's couple, the couple name! name. <laughs> Okay, that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna call him from here on out. Um so Mac gets distracted. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Oh my God. I just dropped my water bottle. There's a lot going on. Sorry. There's a lot going on. Okay. Anyway. Uh but Mac gets distracted by horse flirting across the hall, which was sketch. Didn't like it. Fitz starts to ask for Mac's help bringing Simmons um, a file or something. And Mac says, you know you're going to have to talk to her at some point, right? Fitz pauses and says, good luck with the car, as he runs away. (laughs) Poor baby. (laughs) I missed Fitz. (laughs) Um, So Simmons is helping Trip dress his wounds. And Trip promises not to high five anyone in the near future. They start talking about Sky's dad, but Sky arrives, so they get weird, obviously. Sky finishes Simmons' sentence saying that this is all messed up. Simmons says, I was going to use the off color version of messed up, but I thought it might be inappropriate. Simmons was going to say fuck! <laughs> That's what I noted too. It's <laughs> like the only thing I cared about in that whole scene. <laughs> Man, her time at Hydra really changed yeah. her. <laughs> Hardened her. Give her an edge. <laughs> well, I mean, she's been hanging out with Fitz, and he's Scottish. You're right. Scottish people say fuck all the time. Yeah. it's that. That's, like, the least colorful language they use. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Skye just has a bad feeling, but Simmons tries to help her stay positive and then knocks on not wood. <laughs> <laughs> plywood. <laughs> on plywood, yeah. Under laminate. (laughs) So Coulson addresses the full team. They're discussing the obelisk again and what kind of weapon it can be. Coulson says bad guys love their WMD. Um, WebMD? (laughs) (laughs) I watched this episode after smoking a little. Uh, So my note here was bad guys love their WMDs. The fuck is a WMD? Oh, weapon of mass destruction, right. Why abbreviation? (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Not even, why did he abbreviate? Just, why abbreviation? Why abbreviation? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I was like, I was thinking the same thing. I literally said, what's it, what's that? And David was like, it's weapon of mass destruction. I was like, how do you know that? Just automatically. (laughs) Uh, it, like, it took me out of the episode because I was like, wait, 
now I need to, what like, look that? it up. But then I, I, like, after thinking of it for a while, I was like, oh, like, it took me a second. But it shouldn't have had to take me a second, okay? You need to dumb it down for the lowest common yeah. denominator. That's me. Dumb it down for the stoners. I don't know. <laughs> But they know the key to this weapon lies within the temple in this city that Hydra doesn't know where it is, but now S.H.I.E.L.D. does. Trip says that the map they pull up looks like the Bermuda Triangle. Wouldn't that make sense? But Coulson says that they actually solved the Bermuda Triangle in the 80s. It's not Atlantis. More like Puerto Rico. What? (laughs) I'm so confused. I feel like that has to be a comic or something, but I'm so confused. I've, I've got nothing for this one. I didn't see anything. <laughs> Maybe I should have looked it up, but I, I didn't. Guys, I'm going through a lot. Cut me some slack. Okay. <laughs> if anybody knows what comic that was referring to or or what in general that's supposed to refer to, please let us know. Yeah, email it to us. We'll read it at the end of the season and we'll be like, oh yeah, I'll, I remember that. <laughs> we'll, we'll pretend. We'll pretend that we remember. <laughs> Um, they did, however, find a tunnel to the city under uh, San Juan. They plan the plan is to blow up the whole city. They plan. They plan is to blow up the whole city. Yes, the plan is to blow up the whole city. So, <laughs> over in Vancouver, Reina is with her newest sugar daddy, discussing a trip to Shanghai when she notices May following her. So she goes to confront May and realizes that it's not May, but a clone sent by Whitehall. So she (laughs) runs! uh, And then suddenly Koenig gives her directions (laughs) uh, to round a corner and find other Koenig! There's a third one! (laughs) I thought it was so funny. He promises that he's not hitting on her. (laughs) And then, like, pulls her in for a hug. Yeah, he's like, where's my hug? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then he hides them within an invisibility umbrella. And it's Sam Koenig. How many Koenigs are there? The limit does not exist. I do exist. like that I made the same joke. I made the same joke that they made throughout this whole episode. I'm, <laughs> they got me right where they want me. <laughs> um, anyway, so Raina gets a lanyard, finally. Koenig. Koenig, Koenig, Koenig. Any picture that close is going to come out terrible. What's her lanyard picture gonna be? Her nose? That was also Truly. that was also a stoner note. Thank you. Thank you. So Colson catches up with the Koenigs over a Zoom call to discuss. Koenig believes that Hydra wanted to kidnap Reyna, not kill her, but they're not really sure why just yet. Um, so May and Skye watch a news report on the alleged murder-suicide of the wards. They obviously know that Nazi Ward did it. Coulson interrupts and announces that they are splitting into teams. One to get Reyna and interrogate her, and one to keep working on the city. Skye is shocked that Coulson wants her on the Reyna interrogation, but she doesn't question it. May guesses, um, you don't want Skye anywhere near that city, do you? Coulson says it's more about her father. May promises to luck out for her, saying, of course, I'm her S.O., and why did that feel so sinister all of a sudden? Like, it, the energy <laughs> changed dramatically. <laughs> it definitely did, and I still don't know what the deal is. I think they're just trying to give you, like, false leads and stuff since it's, oh, okay. like, right before the mid-season finale. Um, gotcha. But when I first watched this, <laughs> I was so certain that the reveal was somehow going to be that May was actually Sky's mom, and that's why it came off weird. <laughs> Wait, didn't I made that guess like way long ago? Didn't I? You, I think you did. That, that May was her mom. Wow. Yeah, but you abandoned <laughs> it sooner than I did. <laughs> <laughs> My first go round, I was like, I don't know, guys. I feel like, I feel like May's her mom. <laughs> Even though they showed her. They showed her in the last episode. What if that was a false lead? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. You got to keep your mind open. I get it. 
<laughs> I, I was, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, they, they're gonna pull a fast one on me, not this time. <laughs> I'm on to you. I'm on to you, Marissa and Jen. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, I love this next scene. So, Morse comes to the lab to collect Simmons once the Quinjets are ready. Simmons is still looking for the dwarf file that, um, or the dwarf case that Fitz was supposed to bring her, but she refuses to ask him about it as well. Morse finally asks what happened between Fitzsimmons. Simmons lays it out. Fitz caught her off guard with his confession, and within seconds they're both almost dying. She gets them to the surface and he's unconscious, in a coma for nine days, um, and then when he wakes up he can't speak. So... Without having a moment to process what's happened, she's lost her best friend in multiple ways. And so I'm like, I'm finally understanding all of this tension even more. Um, And it totally makes sense to me because like when a platonic friend admits romantic feelings, it changes the dynamic of nearly every interaction that you've ever had with that person. Um, And you start thinking like, well, damn, while I was content to just feel their presence, did they only want to hang out with me because they were hoping something else would come of it? And, like, if it's reciprocated, then the change is a good thing. But either way, the information changes every moment you've ever spent together. And so to to have that bomb dropped on her and then immediately she has to be his caretaker, the dynamic shifts completely once again, like, in seconds. So... Like, no wonder it was so weird for them, especially when he's still pining for her. Like, that has that's so painful and weird for both of them. And, like, there's no good way to resolve things. It just, that was so heavy. <laughs> I could have sworn that this was a deleted scene. And I was so surprised when it started. Really? Wow. I swear it was. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. But that, it's not my only takeaway from it, but... Um, I don't think I fully realized, like, wow, Fitz was in a coma for nine days, and he couldn't speak for a while after. Right. Like, I knew that his injury was serious, but I don't think it, I, I don't think I ever took the time to really grasp how serious. Yeah. So Morse sympathizes, but she can't really relate. She says that she's never really been friends with a romantic partner first. She's only ever had very intense, read, unhealthy love affairs that <laughs> felt like roller coasters. Fast out of the gate, hip the drop, the turn, the loop, the screeching halt, and then back in line to do it all over again. Simmons asks her if the ride is worth it, and Morse just says, I'll let you know when it's over. And that is a whole philosophical discussion that we could have there. Like, I loved this scene. There was so <laughs> much in it. And I love there, too, like, that they're just bonding together. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like it's literally the difference between that's the way I loved you, Taylor Swift, and lover Taylor Swift. And I love it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then at the end of the girl talk, in the most, like, healthy advice I've ever heard on a TV show, um, Morris urges Simmons to at least be honest with Fitz so they can start to try to trust each other again. As the teams meet up, Morris tells Hunter, don't die. (laughs) And this seems like their version of the, like, I love you, I know, from Star Wars, and I love it. I I mean, I I don't like them, but I like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it it would work better for me if they were a compelling couple. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, you guys. Apparently, apparently, this is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> People are shocked, appalled that I don't like Hunter. I did not realize this. It baffles me as to why. I th- I think that y'all might be thinking of later seasons Hunter, where he's, like, kind of funny and not as toxic. Um, <laughs> but uh, I f- emphasis on the not as. <laughs> y'all, I'm sorry. 
I'm, I'm sure that this isn't the case for many of you, but it might be. So just, I need, I need, I need us all to take a step back and think, do I like this character or is the actor physically attractive? <laughs> and then just assess. That's all. <laughs> I love Bobby. I hate them together. Think about how you felt about Ward before the Nazi twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Morse tells Hunter don't die. Fitz and Simmons walk up together, um, and Simmons smiles at Trip on her way up the stairs. Cute. I think her feelings for Fitz are confusing, but she knows how she feels about Trip. For sure. And Trip knows how he feels about her, too. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> so before Skye gets on the other plane, uh, she gives, or before Coulson gets on the other plane, Skye gives him a hug and then calls him Sir. And May looks at him a little weird after that. So to explain Skye's mindset when she hugs Coulson before he leaves for the city, Marissa Tancheroen said... When we first met Skye, she's always been someone who goes off of instinct and impulse. Through the course of this season, in her training with May, she's toned that down and learned how to be an agent, suppressed emotion, and been there for the fight first. It's a nice moment that brings us back to the old Skye and the heart of her relationship with Coulson, which will always have elements of a father-daughter relationship. For some reason, she feels more concerned than usual about this mission, so she gives him a hug. It's just a nice way to see that she's that old sky that acts on impulse and wants to show she cares. I love that. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. So as they're flying away, Matt goes to talk with Morse to raise an eyebrow at her about Hunter. He asks if she's going to tell him about the other thing. And she says, hell no, never. <gasps> okay, so I'm thinking either she slept with Hartley too because they mentioned Hartley or she had a kid that she never told <laughs> Hunter about. Those are the options in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Vancouver, Sam Koenig is walking along when a Hydra agent starts following him. But luckily, Hunter shows up and knocks the Hydra agent out, then catches up with Sam, who he calls Billy, which is just silly. Clearly, Billy is the shorter one. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. The rest of the team is working on taking out the rest of the Hydra agents around as Billy and Raina hear a knock on their apartment door. But it's not Sam's knock. And of course, they have a knock. They're brothers. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, Sky shows her lanyard and walks in, asking Billy, come on, Sam, you can't just look through the damn peephole? Which is just silly. Clearly, Sam is the shorter one. I mean, come on. Obviously. <laughs> I love Patton Oswalt. Patton, come on the pod. That was so funny. Do you see why I love, see, I want to say why I love Koenig so much. Because in my mind, these are all one character, even though they're different characters. <laughs> but I love Koenig so much. Yes, he's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Sky leads them all out of the apartment to meet up with the rest of the team. And she takes out Agent 33 along the way. Finally, Sky gets a good fight scene. She looked so badass with all that blood. Yes. Like a bloody nose, like two nostrils dripping blood into <laughs> her mouth, and then a split lip. Yeah. Excellent. Disgusting. Great job. Amazing. Beautiful. Great job. <laughs> don't want to smell it, but it's nice to see, I guess. What? I don't know. What the fuck? Smell her. her I don't want to smell her blood. blood. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um,. So Hunter comes in at the last second. And you know what? I'm a little tired of Hunter being the, like, savior at the last second. I'm going to need him to pull his weight a little more in these fights if he wants the credit for, I saved your life. Anyway. I did like that he said, yes, ma'am, to Sky. <laughs> that was a very good soldier of him. Yeah. In San Juan, Morse and Coulson get out of a car and start walking with purpose down the street. This was shot on location in San Juan. Everybody rejoice. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got their location budget back. <laughs> Come through, Marvel money. 
Um, Colson says he wants to try a, f- a fried plantain with crab, which sounds interesting. And Morse's politician friend named Diego is supposed to be meeting them, but he's going to be late. Um, also, Colson fucking loves hats, and I love that about him. <laughs> That's I love that for him. Um, I, I'm sorry, he doesn't look good in hats. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that just look good in hats. And I'm sorry, Clark Gregg, I don't think you're one of them. <laughs> At least not that hat. I'm willing to be proven wrong. Show me a picture <laughs> of Clark Gregg looking fucking bomb as hell in a hat. Clark, send us, I would just love DM to see us it. some pictures of you in hats and we'll, we'll be the judge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Put on a little runway show. Yeah. But like, we only care about the hat. <laughs> you could be wearing your like pajamas. Yeah. But just wear different hats. <laughs> Although sometimes the outfit makes the hat, you know? That's true. Like, make it a good outfit and then add a hat and we'll be the judge, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your daughter for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So Morse is a little perturbed about Coulson's attitude being so chipper when they're about to blow up a city. Um, and she's a little worried that he might pull a Nikki fucking fury and retrieve the weapon instead of destroying it. But Coulson says that seeing all those people around just living their lives is what drives him to do better than fury did to actually protect them and their right to live a good life. And side note, (laughs) When he mentioned uh, something like farmers selling their fresh vegetables, it reminded me. (laughs) So years ago in Baton Rouge, there was this local commercial where the voiceover, it says the phrase fresh vegetables, but they they like mush all their words together. So it sounded more like fresh vegetables. And that (laughs) alone can make my mom cry laughing to this day. (laughs) I don't even know how long ago it was. But I can I could call my mom up right now and say fresh vegetables and she would die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he also points out the tourists on their one vacation a year. Y'all are getting one vacation a year? Literally? <laughs> Every year? I can't even afford a vacation within my own country, y'all. Right. <laughs> So Coulson goes on to prove all the ways that he is not Fury, like how he hates the phrase acceptable losses, loved that, Um, and how he has Fitzsimmons there right now to determine the structural integrity of the temple in order to minimize the destruction. And this really seemed to impress Morse, and I am glad. (laughs) Back on the plane, Mac is desperate to leave the awkward, or no, it wasn't on the plane, was it? It was the Quinjet? Okay, back on the Quinjet, Mac is desperate to leave the awkward silence that is growing between Fitz and Simmons. Once they're alone, they do start to let everything spill out. Simmons starts to address why she left and why things have been weird since she's been back, but Fitz tells her that he's going to just let her be in charge of the science department alone while he goes to work in the garage with Mac instead. See, he said it the way that he should have. He did. No goofs here! No goofs here. (laughs) He's frustrated that he's still not, like, all the way better. So he says, I'll work for you, I just can't work with you. Um, And he walks out before Simmons can come up with a response. And I hate it when they fight. No, it was like a breakup. Yeah. Um, So Skye is still guarding Reyna from Hydra, and Hunter goes to check where May is. Sky lets slip that Whitehall has the Diviner, and so Reyna realizes that that's why Hydra needs her and won't kill her. She's the only one who can actually hold the thing, as far as they know. So Reyna explains how the Diviner works. The symbols appear and pull you towards where the thing belongs. Reyna tells Sky that her father believes that she could hold it, too. It's in her DNA. It's her destiny. The side of the building used during Raina's attempt to escape Sky is actually the building used in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh my god! Although the inside of the building was not filmed, the front of the building facade was used as Eddie Valiant's office. 
The address is 1130 South Hope Street, Los Angeles, California, 90015. Put in the zip code. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's the fun fact that was on IMDb. <laughs> I'm just reading it as is. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Okay, um, so Reyna starts running towards Hydra, screaming for them, when May runs over the Hydra agents <laughs> with the van, and it Hunter... so funny. <laughs> it was fantastic. And, uh... and, like, none of the passerbys blink. <laughs> right, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> um, and then Hunter and Koenig pull Reyna and Skye into the van before they speed off. But Agent 33 watches them drive away. She informs Whitehall that Raina got away, but that she mentioned the shield tracker that is that blah, 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 blah. What? Raina mentioned that she has a shield tracker in her. Yes. Her. Okay. She informs Whitehall that Raina got away, but Raina did mention the shield tracker that is on her, on her person. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the bus, Trip is talking with one of the Koenigs about how they left Agent 33 there. Koenig mentions how creepy it must be for May to have someone out there running around with her face on him. And then he greets his twin brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They also apparently have an infinite number of Koenig twins. (laughs) Their joke number was 13. Swift Koenig brothers, Taylor Swift stands, confirmed. Confirmed. The Koenig brothers are Swifties. I love it. You know what? They totally are. All of them. What do you think their favorite album is? I feel like Speak Now. I feel like they would be the kind of Swifties, read me, who um, every new album that Taylor comes out with is their new favorite true. album. So, Midnight. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, Colson, we should ask Patton what his favorite Taylor Swift album is. <laughs> yeah, Patton, what's your favorite Taylor Swift album? <laughs> come on the pod and tell us. <laughs> yeah, come on the pod and tell us what your favorite Taylor Swift album is. It's urgent. We need to know. <laughs> we need to know! Please! Patton! <laughs> <laughs> this is life and death! Um, okay, moving on. So... Colson and Morse are still trying to get Diego's help to lead them down to where they believe the temple lies, but Diego refuses as he is afraid of the legend of the Devil's Sentry. The tower is apparently haunted. So the title of this episode comes from the original English translation of Dante's Divine Comedy, specifically the inscription over the gates of hell, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Ooh, okay. So Mac manages to cut a hole in the floor that just, like, keeps going. (laughs) Keeps going down forever. A haunted (laughs) hole, to be precise, actually. Yeah. Um, And then Coulson and Morris join them down at the base of the tunnel, just as Fitz is ready to deploy his dwarves. Fitz has a little trouble with his words, and when Mac can't read his mind for him, Simmons steps in. They're back, baby! That's what I'm talking about. It made me so happy. So Sky joins Reyna for a cup of coffee in the kitchen, and they start talking about Zabo and how Reyna knew him. They originally met in Thailand when Reyna was a con artist scamming tourists. Zabo took Reyna and her friends in and gave them a new purpose. Sky says Reyna was the daughter he never had, but Reyna quickly disagrees. You're all he wants, Sky. Nobody could ever replace you. Which feels could be so sweet, could be icky, creepy. Yeah, I could. I was like, I want. I know. I want it to be sweet, but it's not. It's icky. I mean, I could see why he would be obsessed with her. Yeah, but that doesn't make his obsession any less unhinged mm-hmm. uh, than it is at the moment. Yeah, for sure. So the dwarves, as soon as they hit the bottom of the tunnel, they go offline. Morse throws some lights down there, and then Mac and Coulson prepare to go down. But Fitz, warn them, Fitz warns them that 
it's possible none of their electronics will work down there. So then, ooh, girl, Raina has given Sky the you have a gift speech. And I loved it. <laughs> Raina <laughs> believes that the both of them are not aliens per se, but they that they are special humans with a divine destiny. The so-called Blue Angels, um, or the Cree, left behind the Diviner as a guide to bring those special people to the temple so that the, quote, worthy would inherit the earth. Raina says that only those who are worthy may enter the temple, and anyone else who tries will certainly die. Raina reveals that the alien corpse seen in the first season episode, Tahiti, is that of a Cree. Other members of that species play significant roles in the 2014 film Guardians of the Galaxy. And asked whether this counts as the series tie-in to Guardians, Jed Whedon stated, It is a very far away other galaxy, so it's a little bit harder to have one of them walk into our set. (laughs) So a direct tie-in is a little bit more challenging, but it's all one universe, so there's always opportunity for more. In Guardians, we saw parts in our universe that we hadn't explored yet, so it shows we're a part of that too. Nice. As long as it's not the crisp rat, that's all we care about. Yeah. Anybody else? No, Star Lord. Star Lord does not walk into Agents of Shield. Although there was a moment in, I believe it was season five, that I fully thought he had. Really? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, Fitz lowers Mac down into the darkness. As Sky begs May to call and stop Coulson and the team from doing just that. Sky tries to call Coulson, but stops when they receive a threatening message from Whitehall himself. The bus is surrounded by Hydra jets, and Whitehall's voice sounds again, warning them that they will be boarded, and if they make one wrong move, they will be shot out of the sky. Uncloak and prepare to be boarded. <laughs> well, that's an interesting way to say it, but. Okay. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Mac gets to the bottom of the tunnel, and they were right. None of their electronics work down there. So Mac just yells up that he's hit the bottom, and then he starts looking around. He traces a symbol on the ground, and it starts embedding into the skin on his hand, and he starts screaming. So the team rushes to pull him back to the surface, and as they're all freaking out, trying to make sure he's okay, Mac's eyes turn red, and he warns them all to run before he flings Coulson into a wall. Ah! It's a lot. <laughs> it was so much. So May immediately agrees to give Reyna up. She's not willing to risk any of her own team's lives for fucking Reyna. <laughs> Um, plus, she still thinks that S.H.I.E.L.D. has the edge, since Coulson is already at the entrance to the city. Ward then comes waltzing down the steps. Hated that. I want him to go away. His voice, Blah. like, is a trauma response yes. for me. <laughs> Disgusting. I want to see, I want to see Brett Dalton play, like, a nice character. Because I'm wondering if his voice would elicit the same physical response (laughs) from me. (laughs) Because I would hate it if there's this, like, perfectly nice man walking around out there. And I meet him one day, and he's like, hello. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) I mean, to be honest, though, don't you already... You kind of react that way to most men anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Get away. (laughs) They say hello, and I say, who are you? What do you want? (laughs) Anyway, so Ward explains that he betrayed them again by giving Hydra intel on S.H.I.E.L.D. He tells everyone to lower their weapons or else the whole plane will go down and everyone on board will die. And May says that might be worth it. I fucking love May. (laughs) As long as Ward's dead. Yes. (laughs) Hunter says, let's not get carried away. Literally, who asked you, Hunter? Okay? (laughs) You don't even know. You 
barely even know who this is. You don't you, know. You don't know how much he's betrayed You don't them. get an opinion. <laughs> it would be worth it for you to die if Ward dies too. So Sky asks why Ward would give them uh, BHG and then immediately go back with Hydra. What side is he on? He's on Sky's side, allegedly. Apparently, I guess, somehow. Um, <laughs> so he orders Raina to go and tells Sky that she's to come with him, too. Like, hell she is! That is right, May! Thank you! <laughs> Ward says, I made you a promise, Sky, and now I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. I'm so tired of him. Ah! So back in the in the tower, tower, tower. It's late. We need to go. We need to. We need to get this show on the road. I need to go home. I'm literally home, but I need to go home. My mom said I gotta go home. Morris is still trying to reach Mac before he kills her and everyone so she keeps him distracted until Fitz can pass Coulson and Icer but then it still doesn't take Mac down holy shit May is obviously refusing to let Skye go and Skye is of course trying to sacrifice herself so Hydra doesn't shoot the plane down Trip brings up a good point that Hydra would shoot them down regardless (laughs) Whether she goes or not. Um, and Ward gives his word that if Sky comes with him, no shots will be fired. Everyone gets out alive. He's like, come on, Sky, You can trust me. Look at me. How the fuck is that supposed to help? For her to look at you? You're not even hot anymore, Ward. You cut your hair. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you cut your hair and you shaved your beard. But- How does that help? Just kidding. I'm Brett Dalton, you're not ugly, okay? I just... You know. You already know. <laughs> Koenig says, Is that what you said to my brother before you killed him? Ooh, that was a good point, Koenig. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and Ward just looks at both of the Koenig brothers there and says, How many of you are there? That was kind of funny. <laughs> it was a little funny. But only because I already made that joke. <laughs> So the uh, the one goof was the body double for Koenig, used in a couple of the shots when the bus is challenged by Hydra, has noticeably different ears to Patton Oswald, whose ears turn outwards at the top. <laughs> he also looks taller and has slightly lighter hair. Oh my god, so one of them which, actually is the shorter one. Yeah, I wonder if that was, a, that was that an was, in-joke. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> But I thought that this goof was funny because it's like, this other person who isn't that person doesn't look like that person. Whoa. Can you believe that? That's ridiculous. This guy that we shot the back of his head. He's so got that a different back of his head in the shot. than Patton Oswald. He's got a different back of his head. This is bullshit, man. This is, this is such bullshit, dude. <laughs> What do you mean you don't have the same back of the head? We we cast you as the body double. Wait, there was another... Hold on. I need to pull this up right the fuck now because there was another fun fact that was so fucking funny. And I was like, okay, these have to be fan submitted. I think we've already come to that conclusion. But... So, for the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, mm-hmm. it says... Reyna mentioned blue angels that fell from the heavens. The ancients call them the Kree. There are the same aliens race who was Ronin. Who was Ronin? Who's Ronin? A character in Guardians of the Galaxy, like the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, was Kree and his name was like Ronin. Uh. There are the same aliens race who was Ronin. <laughs> okay, that's all. I love IMDb. They just the most unhinged. Yes. <laughs> um okay, moving on. So Sky finally convinces May to let her go, and Reina, that sneaky little minx, reminds Sky in front of everyone to grab her tablet with the map of the city on it. God damn it. 
So this was my last note of the episode. Reyna, you goddamn bitch affectionate. <laughs> I literally, I wrote sneaky little minx because I didn't want to call her a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's bitch derogatory and there's bitch affectionate. Yes. <laughs> and she, Reyna, you goddamn bitch. I love you. <laughs> Um, so the fight with Matt continues and Morse is almost choked out. Coulson barely catches Simmons before she falls down the tunnel and Fitz is about to shoot Mac with real bullets. But finally, Morse electrocutes Mac in the neck until he falls down into the tunnel instead. And then Coulson orders them to seal the tunnel. What about Mac? That wasn't Mac. Dun, dun, dun. So now it's time for the post-content content. Oh yeah, you have to be quiet it's now. It's very quiet because my mommy is sleeping and I live with my mommy. Um, Agent 33 joins Whitehall in a car to inform him that Ward's mission was a success. He has Reyna. But he wasn't supposed to take Skye as a hostage, and he sure as shit wasn't supposed to let the shield blade go. So Whitehall orders 33 to fix it. She calls someone to give, the, to give them the orders to shoot the plane down. God damn it. Holy shit. <laughs> a cliffhanger. Love a cliffhanger. Hate it? Love it. Um, okay. My overall thoughts? Uh, number one? Yes. Was no Mac! Oh. <laughs> also, I saw somebody somebody commented on one of our TikToks saying that they hated Mac, and I don't get that. That was Libby! Libby? What's going on? <laughs> Why don't you like <laughs> Mac? <laughs> I was like, now that is a hot take. <laughs> Libby, we're get, we gotta talk, okay? <laughs> we gotta talk, okay. Come um, on. And also, I was really missing my Fitzsimmons content, but it's just not as satisfying this season. Yeah. That's all. What about you? Fingers crossed it'll get better. Yeah. All right. I don't really have any overall thoughts. I am very excited for the next episode. It is the mid-season finale, and then we have a four-week hiatus. Just kidding. We know. That's what I had to go through. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. You could watch it tomorrow if you want it. You could watch it tonight. I could. I won't. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, that concludes our episode on Season 2, Episode 9, Ye Who Enter Here. Woo-hoo! Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 10, What They Become. So stay tuned for that. Okay, bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.